Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry and I, hey, it's Father's Day, so it's our special day coming up on Sunday. We share some memories for Father's Day with the Busted Open Nation. Speaking of memories, we get into The Undertaker. That's right. The final chapter of The Last Ride is coming up on Sunday. We talk about that, and we also talk about some comments he made about Edge and Orton from Backlash. Also, we get into WWE backstage from this past Tuesday. They had Bret Hart on, and we talk about some comments he made about his final run in WCW. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. This weekend, Father's Day, Mark yes. Henry. Man, back-to-back weekends, Dave, of pampering and respect. You know, I don't get it no time else the rest of the year, but... Yeah. <laughs> At least you get it in June. At least in June, I got two weeks of loveliness. Man, I mean, last week, our show here, dedicated to Mark Henry. We called it National Mark Henry Day. And it was his birthday. We celebrated some amazing guests. And you know what? Sunday's Father's Day. So, man, I want to hear from the dads. I want to hear from the children. Yeah. You know, I, I always say it. I've said it in the 11 years that this show's been on the air, Mark, that some of my favorite memories with my dad was at the matches. And some of my favorite memories with my daughter has been at the matches. So, you know, I, I want to hear from some of the Busted Open Nation members, some of their cherished memories with their dad, going to see wrestling, some of, you know, dads out there who have taken their kids to go see wrestling. I love that. With all, like, the craziness that's going on in the world, in and out of the world of pro wrestling right now, you know, I'd love to share some of those stories today. You know what I'm saying? Especially this yeah. close to Father's Day. <clears throat> you know what, man? I wish that I my dad was a wrestling fan because me and my grandmother had so much fun. But I'd love to hear, like I always tell the stories of my grandmother, like wiping blood off people going, oh, that's just catch. Wait, wait a minute. That's not catch. He bleeding for real. Everybody, everybody look. It's like, it was like the funniest shit that ever happened. And like, I want to hear those stories from the dads and from kids saying, uh, that you know what I had this experience with my dad. That'd be a hell of a thing, Jake. Oh, I said, Jacob. Did you just call me Jacob? Jacob. 
I, listen, I've been around that boy so much. I called you Jacob. That's hilarious. That's a, that's amazing. It's so funny to you, get back. You're my to son your... today, Dave. That's okay. Happy, hey, Happy Father's see. Day, Dad. Yeah, it's a Happy Father's Day, Big Daddy. <laughs> I'm not calling you that. No. Uh, uh, hey, yo. No, I'm not gonna call nobody Big Daddy. It's so funny that he, he said that you said the story about your grandmother with the blood. I remember taking Violetta for the first time to see wrestling. We went to a Ring of Honor show in New York at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and it was the night uh, Kyle O'Reilly won the Ring of Honor World Championship in a match with Adam Cole. And it was you know Adam Cole was on his way out, and Kyle O'Reilly became Ring of Honor champion. And he was bleeding. And I saw, and we had just had him on Busted Open earlier that day. He came and he was an in studio guest. So when I saw him after the match, he gave me a big hug and he's bleeding. So he gives me a big hug and I got blood all over me. So I'm walking out of the Hammerstein ballroom with my wife with blood on me. And she's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, why are you hugging a man who's bleeding like a stuffed pig? Like, what is wrong with you? Why, what is wrong with you? Damn, I'm with Villa. <laughs> Can't you just like acknowledge like a little tip of the cap or hey, maybe man, even job. Like you, maybe you know, even you put the two fingers together. <laughs> you put the two fingers together like this and point it like good job, man. Yeah, a little thumbs up. <laughs> I mean, and, and honestly, is that's going to be the way that you greet people from here on out? You know, like when you see oh, yeah. so uh, ten years from now, like when you see so you see an old friend on the sheet, just give the thumbs up. Hey. Or you give Whoa. them the, pet, the high five pat. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's the new thing I've been seeing. That like the high five without actually touching hands. Yeah, like yeah, you know that's, that's yeah. This it's it's the new world, I guess. But no, anyway. But happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Make sure you know to all the all the kids. Make sure you pick up the phone and call your call your dad. This is the weekend to do it. Call up your bop and you know. You know, say how much of a disappointment you really aren't. You know, do all those things this weekend because that's important. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, that's the thing, man. Uh, I have a lot of friends of mine that uh, actually went and smoked cigars with uh, a post-birthday deal with a friend of mine and his dad. And I was like, man, the dynamic between y'all two is what it's supposed to be. That's the the respect for your dad. Your dad is like, you know, saying, well, I, I did all I could do. And this is what I came up with. I guess I guess I could have did better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they razz each other. And I, I, I respect that. And I, I love seeing that. Yeah. it's And, you know, for me, I lost my father. Jeez, it's uh, 22 years ago now that I lost my dad. So all those memories, especially like I still have the programs that he bought me to all the matches that we went to see. So like I know for me on Sunday, I'll be skimming through all those programs and remembering it. My dad, like you said, your father wasn't a wrestling fan. My father wasn't a wrestling fan either, but he took me and he kind of became a fan by taking me. Like I'll, I'll never forget, like the first time I seen him leave his, you know, cheering 
cheering for Hogan when Hogan came out. I had a tiger and Hogan was coming out to, to wrestle Dr. D. David Schultz. I was like, oh, wow, he, my, my old man's getting into it. So, like, for me, you know, because my dad's no longer around, I know I'll be, uh, I'll be reminiscing this weekend about those cherished memories. So, yeah. I, I just love it'll, stories it'll a lot like of reminiscing. that, Mark. Yeah, yeah. a lot of reminiscing. Yeah, and I want to hear from a lot of our Busted Open Nation member fans because I, I love the nostalgia when – when it comes to pro wrestling. So I definitely want to hear some of those stories. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. Give us a call and share some memories. And, and Mark, you know, on a Falls Count Anywhere Friday to the nation, everything is on the table. We had a very busy week, starting with Backlash on Sunday, a very good Monday Night Raw leading in to now doing our Falls Count Anywhere Friday, Mark. And, I know we're going to get into this. We have a, a brand new segment, Mark, that's starting today at 10 a.m. And Justin Labar is joining us. And you probably know the name. And I, I don't know, Mark. Do you remember the, do you remember the, the, the tight end from the Dallas Cowboys, uh, LaFleur? Yes. The guy, all, the, all the guy did was, was catch touchdowns. You know, I mean, if you threw a five-yard out to him, you know, at the 45-yard line, he was going to drop it. But, man, if you threw a pass to him <laughs> in the end zone, he would catch yep. it. David LaFleur. David LaFleur. Well, we got our own David LaFleur. We have, we have Justin Labar, who's going to be joining us. Because all that guy does is catch touchdowns. And man. we kind of we wanted to have a segment. And this is where things get interesting in the world of pro wrestling. Because uh, Mike Mayer came up with this interesting segment about having kind of like a rumor roundup, you know, where we kind of, uh, you know, just, you know, big topics from the course of the week. From pro and, wrestling. Yeah. And, and, and I will say this, uh, Justin Labar is somebody that I really respect. You know, there is, you know, a lot of journalists, quote unquote, wrestling journalists out there that just try to try to grab the headlines. And I'm not calling anybody out, but, you know, I think that's across the board, not just in pro wrestling, but in major sports. But Justin Labar is somebody that I truly think is a very credible insider. So we're going to have that segment at 10 a.m. And I'm really looking forward to doing that this uh, this this week and moving forward with you, Mark. You know, I think it's really cool. You know, you watch ESPN, you watch all of the shows and you always have the sideline reporter or you have the analyst, you know, the Mike Mayox breaking yes. down the draft. And uh, that would be really, really cool to have a segment like that because, um, you know, we're both football fans. You, you probably can't have this conversation with Bully. But we'll have uh, we'll do some analogies of, you know, what this guy is like and, you know, is what we compare him to. Is this is this guy like a Aaron Rodgers or is, is this guy a Ezekiel Elliott type of guy? Well, I mean, maybe not Ezekiel Elliott right now with the COVID, but you uh, you want to you want to give <laughs> compare some people. So, I mean, is it too soon? No, no, and you know it's I, you know Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott's got to really prove himself this year because last year not very good. Um, no, but you know, but also you know with having this segment, we we very few times, Mark, in the history of Busted Open, have we brought insiders into our circle of friends. So this is also a, a trying out period to see if he is worthy of being in our circle of friends. Is yeah. he one of us? Is he a hmm. guy that, you know what, that we would invite to have a beer with? 
Is he? Is we're gonna find? This is a trying out period. Okay, if he comes on, he's the shits. Then it's Uh-oh. one and done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get rid of him. I have a feeling though Take that Justin Labar, <laughs> Justin Labar, I like, I know him from outside the world of pro wrestling, so I have a feeling he's going to knock it out of the park today. I, if I was him, I'd be a little bit nervous, be a little nervous coming on Busted Open with Mark Henry. You know, don't be world too Trump comfortable fan. now. Don't be too comfortable. Uh, I might have something to say about too comfortable. Yeah, I know. He, sh- he should call you. Mr. LaGreca. No, 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 no. First of all, I don't think I've ever heard Mr. LaGreca unless it was, you know, when I go to the doctor's office and the receptionist says Mr. LaGreca. Other than that, I don't think I ever hear Mr. LaGreca. But I will say this. I want to hear from the nation as well, tweeting out at Busted Open Radio, hashtag Justin Labar. Do you like him? Do you not like him? I want to hear from the nation. I know Justin Labar. I have confidence that this segment is going to be awesome. Credible. Justin Labar. The word I would use to describe Justin Labar is credible. You know what? That's good. But I, I would say informative. He's, okay. he's, he's informative, too. Uh, I've watched uh, uh, a lot of stuff on him over the last two or three days just to get acquainted with uh, who he is. He's detailed. I like yeah. that. I, I mean, yeah. that's, it reminds me a lot. Well, golly, Dave, it reminds me a lot of you. He's very detailed, wow. and, 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 and he's also passionate. Okay, uh, about well, the things that he talks about. So that's, that's, that's going good. That's good. This week on World of Basketball, Kelly Olenek and Kevin Pangos, two former Gonzaga stars, joined the show. And Kevin spoke about the time he dropped 48 points on the Golden State Warriors, Andrew Wiggins. He gets mad when, when people say that because he, he said he was only guarding me for half the game. So. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in high school, there was one game we played in a, in a tournament, and it was one of those games that everything was falling. I think I also threw up a lot of shots. Um, <laughs> the, the, the highlights don't show that, but yeah, it was one of those games where things were falling and, and had 48. New episodes of World of Basketball are available every Thursday on the Sirius XM app. Pandora and Apple Podcasts. Undertaker talking about Orton and Edge and their match that they had at Backlash. And he said it brought a tear to his eye. And he feels like that's the direction that pro wrestling should go into. And kind of piggybacking from Bully and I's conversation from yesterday about a lot of what we're seeing in pro wrestling, man. I hope The Undertaker's right based on what I saw at Backlash on Sunday. I thought a very good match. Um, I thought that would have been one of... I I, I thought so far it was the best match of 2020. And I I can just imagine what that match would have been like with a full crowd in a a sold-out arena. But... uh, I agree with uh, what The Undertaker said, Mark. I hope that's the direction that pro wrestling's going into. Dave, there's a lot of guys that can wrestle that style. It's just, it's becoming not popular because of what you see other places. You see all of these young guys flip-flying and just assassinating their bodies and not telling the story and doing the car crash type match. And they feel like, well, I got to do the same thing. No. Like, just a, just a, a few days before, <clears throat> excuse me, 
you you saw AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan have a match that told a story. And what did we talk about for the whole month? That the match that Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles had and the match that Edge and Randy had were the two best matches we've seen in a long, long, long time. Yep. So the, the guys and girls need to realize that telling a story and going to a slow build and having things counter and then going into finishes that you might not necessarily, you know, be like Edge and Randy using historical finishes, but you can find other things that you can do that you can, you, you would think, okay, it's over, but it not be over. So like, learn how to yo-yo the, the crowd. And even though the crowd is not in the arena, you have to visualize yourself in a situation where I'm entertaining the people at home. How do I do that? How do I reach the people at home and, and then go and apply it? it? It can be done. It's just, it's not popular to do. But doing right sometimes is not popular to do. But you do it anyway. So have the same philosophy, all you young wrestlers out there. And there's a place for athleticism. There's a place to show what you can do. But yeah. when you're just you, when you're going out there and you have a 15 minute match and you're just using that 15 minutes to excuse it to get your shit in, well then that's not going to be memorable because then what are you going to do the next time that you go out there and the time after that and the time you have after to that? Light yourself on fire. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be like all right, well after you've seen me do it and you've seen it a, a second time and a third time. Well, guess what? The fourth time isn't going to feel like the first time. And I kind of brought this up. I think I brought it up during break. I don't think I brought this up on the air. But, Mark, you would appreciate this. And it would drive me up a wall and drive me crazy. Odell Beckham Jr., okay? There was a highlight that for years, whenever they talked about Odell Beckham Jr. and one of the great highlights of the year, they would show this one-handed catch that Odell had against yes. the Cowboys. Yes, a time and time again, he would have the. They showed this one-handed catch that he had for a touchdown over and over. Oh, that was the greatest catch I've ever seen! And oh my gosh, well you know what, Mark? The Giants lost that game. They so lost if you're, the damn game. Uh, yes, they, they did. They lost the game. So, you know, when that game was over, if you're a Giant fan and that game was over, are you like, oh, my God, what a great game. Did you see that catch by Odell Beckham Jr.? No, they were pissed off because they lost to the Dallas Cowboys. So that, that, that catch didn't mean a damn thing because you lost the game. So what would you rather have, a pretty, a pretty catch or a win? A win. A win! I'm glad there, you used the football analogy. It's so refreshing. <laughs> no, but, it, oh, but it's true, that. Mark. Now, it's pretty and it looks nice, <clears> but <throat> you know what? If, if you're going to go out there and just make pretty catches, at the end of the day, you got to win because then you know what? If you don't win, doesn't really mean anything. The catch didn't really mean anything. The touchdown didn't really mean anything. And that's the same lost. thing with some of these Canadian destroyers and super kicks and planches uh, through the ropes to the floor and 
somebody got choke slammed. Was it Sasha Banks got yes. choke slammed to the floor? And I'm like, what the hell? Like, if if you're gonna do something like that, have that be the reason that you lose. Have that like make make stuff make sense as it relates to what you're doing in the ring. Because now I have something. Oh, her back is hurt. She got choke slammed to the floor. She tries her finish. She can't hold her finish because she keeps reaching for her back and she gets rolled up. Now that tells you're telling stories and it's, it's easier and your body will last longer. I regret, Dave. I was telling my wife last week, I did so many leg drops and ass bumps that it destroyed my lower vertebrae. I'm going to have to have surgery eventually. I'm just sucking it up because I'm still young. Well, relatively (laughs) young. But I don't want them to be in the situation that I'm in. I don't want their back to be jacked up from taking 500 leg drops and ass bumps and bumps to the floor. I, I took a couple of F5s to the floor and I tore my hip flexor. I never had surgery on it. It's like, why? When he could have did 10 of them in the ring, I, I would if I could go back in time, I would not have said, hey, Brock, I want you to F5 me on the floor. Hell, I said I wanted it. <laughs> not now. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Young people protect your bodies is protecting your livelihood as well as your quality of life when the game is over and father time is undefeated we will all have to retire and move away from what we love so much which is this game but in the process learn to tell stories it'll lengthen your career as well as make your quality of life better You know what, Mark? I love the point that you make because, again, this is why the dynamic is so beautiful. Because, Mark, you're talking about it as a professional athlete. Like, a lot of these things, a lot of these moves, a lot of these maneuvers are doing it just for the sake of doing it. And you're putting your body on the line. And at the end of the day, it wasn't very memorable. And it didn't really really kind of affect the end of the match. So it's forgettable. So right. why are you putting your body on the line? And like what you're saying is, hey, young athletes, protect There's your body. There's a time for it. There's Have a time a- for it. I, I, I'm, listen, that the, the, everybody remembers seeing me. They show that all the time on, those, on the bumpers. Me getting F5'd on the floor or me getting F5'd through an announce table. Like there's a time for it. But you can't do that every night. Me and Brock only did that once. We had 30 or 40 matches against each other. And we only did that one time out of the 40. So, like, it made sense. It it escalated to that point. Like, build, guys. Slowly make stuff build. The psychology of wrestling is where it is. That's why The Undertaker got emotional because he got to see what was entertaining to him, and it, it had probably been so long 
that he was like, damn, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. The Yak and Barack Show. When your first step to resolve something is go to social media or to go to a public forum to vent, I think that just makes you take two steps backwards in even trying to resolve it in the first place. You know, so I just think not just boxing media, boxing promoters and boxers should refrain from letting social media be the place we, you know, we hold court. Weekdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. New segment, first ever. That's right, Mark. We're bringing an outsider into our inner circle and becoming part of the Busted Open Nation and our Busted Open family. It's somebody that I truly respect. When I heard this segment was going down, there was one guy I thought of because the word credibility comes to my mind when I think of this man. And it's the one and only Justin Labar. Justin, how are you, man? How can I not be great after an intro like that? Jeez, Dave. <laughs> well, you can you can see Justin at all of the uh, WWE press conferences yep. and WrestleMania fobs. Like he's a he's he's seasoned vet. He's a seasoned vet. That's right. Yeah, thank thank you, Mark. Does he still put you over like that? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. The beginning of every <laughs> yeah, show, man. Be- at that. the beginning of every show. We put oh, we, no, I, that's all we I do. Know you des- I know you deserve that. You got a Hall of Fame ring that says so. <laughs> Actually, this show should be called Putting You Over because all we do is put each other over on the show. <laughs> Except when bullies on. <laughs> when bullies on, you'll be a, you'll be re- accused of of chasing the hug. So, you know, it's it's we keep the pleasantries to a minimum. Yes, that's if Bull, right. But, if Bully was on, I feel like I would have been kicked off by now. Oh, you'd be gone. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, you, you'd have been like, hey, hi. Oh, all right, that's enough. <laughs> but Justin, welcome to, to Busted Open. I know of a, a lot of our fans already know you, are fans of your work, uh, you know, judging from social media when they heard that the segment was going to be starting today. So uh, I'm glad that the nation is speaking out and they're happy about this new segment. And I'm happy about it too, Justin, because, you know, as you know, I'm a big fan of your work. And like Mark said, you know, at the press conferences, you're, it's funny, at the press conference, you're, you're always the one with the first question. You get the first question in. They expect it at this point. So it's, it's good to have you here on Busted Open, Justin. Thank you. Yeah, I try. You try to try to get up there. So, how much did you pay Triple H to get that spot? <laughs> uh, you know, a few pleasantries here, a few pleasantries there. <laughs> the go- the going rate changes each year. No, no. It's, oh uh, man, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, Dave. The it was great. The um, the uh, positive social media response yesterday from the the busted open nation, which and, and the people that supported me was uh, awesome. So I, I was very much looking forward to this. I, like I said to you off camera and off air, I uh, appreciate being thought of, and I'm excited to do this with you guys. This, this should be fun. All right, so let's dive right in. And and one thing I wanted to bring up with you, Justin, is the fact that you know we don't really dive into the numbers when it comes to to certain ratings for certain shows because it's so difficult to do. But one positive, and there's been a lot of changes with Monday Night Raw, that there definitely was an increase with the ratings. And also, Justin, and you would know better than me, it seemed like it was pretty consistent throughout the first three hours of the show. Yeah, and that's that's the word, Dave. Is consistent. You know, it, it's no secret that uh, WWE's viewership, especially for Raw, particularly, you know, the flagship show as it's always been uh, named, it, it's seen a decline. It's seen a decline, and it's not just unfortunately you can't just label it as as a victim of the pandemic, uh, which in some 
conversations you think that might help it? You know, people are, are, are stuck at home and, and how much, uh, how much news, um, can you, can you watch? You know, there's no sports, but unfortunately it's been trending this way, even prior to the pandemic, uh, with viewership going down, but there was some good news this past week. Obviously it was the first week with some, some new day-to-day leadership on the raw side of creative, uh, and Bruce Pritchard. Uh, but this week's show for, uh, overall with its, uh, viewership, it was the best since, uh, the post WrestleMania 36 episode. Uh, and this week, uh, this past week do drew an average of 1.939 million viewers. Now that's up 11%. From wow. just the previous week, and that's a, that's a yeah exactly wow that's a big jump for one week. Yeah. And now, the first you know the, the first hour you know that's your base that's what you're starting with. And that first hour yeah it's lower than what uh, the the viewership was a year ago this time. It's lower than what it was two years ago. You're not gonna just jump that first hour overnight. You know unless you announce that The Rock or Stone Cold or somebody like that's coming, you're not gonna change overnight. You have to earn those back. But the important thing is see what your base is in hour one and try to sustain that. Try not to lose them. And they did a pretty good job. You know, the, the first hour had 1.982 million. Uh, the second hour, 1.996 million. And then when they got to that critical third hour, 1.838. So wow. there was a slight drop, a slight, but they really did hold the majority of their audience. And I think, you know, I, I, you know what you guys think, if you look at this raw this past week, there was good storytelling, you know, from the the opening segment, the, the return of Christian, and now this tease, this this proposition of an unsanctioned match. So now you know he's got to answer that, and that's your main event spot. So now I got a reason to stick around. You know, we get I want a divorce from Bobby Lashley. You know, we get dissension amongst the ranks with Zelina Vega's um, crew. You know, we're getting title matches. Like there were things that, that you needed to see. Unfortunately, there's been other episodes of Raw where I could just read a recap and I'd probably be just as well informed. Mm-hmm. That's not a knock on the bell-to-bell action because the bell-to-bell action has never suffered. These guys and girls put it out there, but it's does that bell-to-bell matter? What's that winner? What's that story matter? And this past week was the best I've seen recently, and the numbers say the best since April that I've seen of a woven three-hour story being told here. See, this is really interesting. Go ahead, Mark. You know, when you you started talking about – the they maintain the crowd that is 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 it is easy to get a crowd if you you, make an announcement that some big time star is going to be on christian is is right there in that category he was a he's a hall of famer he's a, a great talent um but it wasn't the fact that christian was on it was the fact that they teased that unsanctioned match and people are going well wait 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 a minute what 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 is unsanctioned Christian has not been cleared to wrestle. So it had to be an agreement between Christian and the WWE. And that was the story. Uh, When you start a program off with, we're going to tell you what's going to happen at the end, but you don't give the solution. You just let it know, let everybody know that that's what's going to happen. And I was curious to see what was going to happen. The whole the whole story of seeing Ric Flair uh, trying to convince Christian that this was not a smart thing to do. That also was another big name that reeled people in and kept them engaged. Uh, they did a really did they did a really good job of keeping everybody on the edge of their seat, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons that the rating went up is is they they manipulated the crowd. 
No, absolutely, Mark. And they had, you know, and and they were able to manipulate maybe even easier or with an ed, with a uh, with an advantage because of what the recent history has shown. You know, we've just seen Edge come back, a guy who we were told is medically disqualified. Mm-hmm. We've seen Daniel Bryan come back a couple years ago. So, you know, as you're watching this, you're going, well, I mean, it is possible we have we have case study and context that maybe this guy has uh, rehabbed and feels okay to do a match. Uh, and so, yeah, to your point, Mark, you know, bringing in a Ric Flair. Um, you know, somebody like that, you know, who's had his own history of, of wins his last match. Is he done? Is he not done? What have you? I, this, this was, this was really well done. And I, and, and you're right. They, this was, there was no advertisement for this prior to, you know, uh, sometimes I, I, I waver on the line of, you know, what's the benefit of not advertising something? Cause it's, it can be harder to make money off things. You don't advertise, you don't, uh, promote ahead of time. But I think the way they executed this, uh, was really well done, and again, the the, the viewership in context, relatively speaking, uh, rewards them and says says so. Now you mentioned Zelina Vega before. I know somebody who she's an advocate for, Angel Garza, here on Busted Open. We're very high on Angel Garza, but it sounds like somebody pretty high up in the WWE seems to be high on him as well. Yeah, uh, Angel Garza, the, the word that keeps coming uh, back around from people who um, you know are reporting and keeping tabs on this is the Vince McMahon, you know, the the you know the guy. Um, the, this specific report this week coming from Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport, uh, saying that you know Vince is uh, very high on Garza, which you know that can uh, you know that can be seen by you know uh, just watching a Garza perform, you can buy into that, and then uh, you know he's been thrusted uh, into a consistent uh, and regular story with Vega, and now maybe they're teasing a, a possible split. Uh, between uh, Garza and, and Andrade, um, this I, I get it. Um, I, I, I will say this: one of the one of the toughest things I think that Garza's facing could also be a biggest reward is that, and Vince himself even acknowledged this on on an investor call uh, in the spring, is that Raw has such an influx right now of new. Uh, new just new new talent and the new names that they're trying to establish. You know, Garza, Andrade, even Apollo Cruz, who's been there for years, but he's just now getting a title. He's just now getting um, you know a, a regular push. Even you can even make a case for the for the world champion and Drew McIntyre. You know, it, it just the, the, these are all names who it's not like they've been on the Austin top of the theory. card. Austin yep. Theory, exactly. So so Garza's having to you know, rise above and stand out in this new line of, 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 of relative unknown. Uh, but if he can do that successfully now, that's going to probably prove he's got some, uh, he, he, you know, he's got some longevity here. I will laugh though, that the, the part of the report here from Alex, uh, <laughs> quote even says that, the, that it's been heard that Vince has referred to him as a young Eddie Guerrero. And, and, and I mean, that's, that's a hell of a compliment. I laugh though, because I hear on Monday, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this and watching social media. Oh, Garza, he's a young Eddie Guerrero. Uh, then I watch Wednesday Impact, and I hear Jim Ross, Sammy Guevara. He's a young Eddie Guerrero. I'm expecting to wake up on Friday and hear Dave LaGreca. He's a young Eddie Guerrero. It's like let's mix up our comparison. I'm not young. I'm not young, Justin. I would be an old Eddie Guerrero. Uh, but uh, but I hear what you're saying. But you know what? To get that kind of nod uh, from somebody like Vince McMahon, and to be compared to somebody who's a legend like Eddie Guerrero, now that puts a lot of pressure on Angel Garza. But just to get noticed in that pool of a lot of young talent, Justin, that's big there's a there's about every 15 years uh you have this um period in pro wrestling where things start to reset and we're at that point right now you see Mm -hmm. all of the uh guys that are my age retiring and going away um 
and then you see all the new guys, the new influx of guys coming in. That's just the world that we live in right now. And and this, you know, they want to keep them ratings the last probably 40 years or 50 years. But that's where we are now. I think that within a year or two, uh, it'll start to balance out. You'll know who the Adam Coles and you'll know who the Keith Lees and, and all of the, the guys that are coming from NXT. I remember when Randy Orton and Batista and John Cena and Sheldon Benjamin and all of these guys that came from Ohio Valley Wrestling, it took about a five-year period for them to get rolling. So uh, here we are. We're right at that three-year mark. And I think that um, in the next year or two, we'll have bona fide stars that people know who they are and ex- what to expect from them. And uh, the, the business will go on as usual. Mark, you were kind of a unique case when you came into the WWE with your background and just how it kind of the timeline, how it happened. Was there any star from the previous era that that, that they events or anybody ever tried to label? Oh, Mark Henry, this guy's a young fill in the blank. No, um, I, I never got any of that. I got thrown right into the fire. So the, the, the difference, there was no developmental system. There wasn't a, 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 a place where you could go and just train and uh, take, the, take your time getting acclimated to what it is. Um, thank God for uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling and, and, and the Performance Center uh, you know, FCW, like all of these developmental systems that existed, you know, Dory Funk's Funkin' Dojo. Um, like, you wrestlers need that acclimating time. And now, I expect, when I, when I see a, uh, a new wrestler come out of NXT, I expect them to be champion soon. Uh, and that's, and the history has proved that. Uh, the guys that have come up uh, within a year or two they're in the running for uh, a title of some sort. So uh, let's, uh, let's hope that that's what's going to be happening now. And, and Justin, it seems like after SmackDown, we got SmackDown tonight, but it seems after uh, SmackDown from last week, excuse the pun, but it sounds like Fox was a little pissed off about <laughs> the segment between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus last week. Yeah, pissed off rather than pissed on. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, this one. So, uh, you know, Dave Meltzer on his Wrestling Observer Radio, he, he kind of noted uh, this, that the Fox officials uh, reportedly not happy with that Jeff Hardy Sheamus segment where the uh, cup of urine uh, was, was thrown into to, to Sheamus's face. Uh, the, the, the quote being the Fox officials uh, decreed that the angle violated their standards and practices. Wouldn't you think that here? Um, you know, it's I don't know what it says. You know, I, I, I've been a a fan of pro wrestling sports entertainment for 30 years as, as you guys have your, your lengthy um, tenure of fanship and, and, and working in the business. I guess we just get a little numb <laughs> because to me, it's like, well, yeah, just, just another sports entertainment angle here. You know, <laughs> but I guess if I look at it from the Fox's point of view, it's like, you know, you're the Fox executive and, and you're like, all right, well, Oh, UFC, Oh, the press conference broke down there. They got into fight. Ah, but we have something for that. Uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, the NFL, that guy, the, the linebacker targeted the, the quarterback's head. Oh, we got something for that. And then, and then your assistant comes in and says, Jeff Hardy threw a cup of piss in Seamus' face. What, <laughs> what the hell? You, know, you don't have something for that. But what um, are you talking I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I mean, maybe they didn't see the pig pen match back in the day. 
Maybe they didn't see all yeah. of the spoofs that have gone on through history where people have been put in poop of some sort. Like the the, the pro wrestling is everything encompassed. It's not highbrow. And if you're looking for highbrow entertainment, you got better create it yourself because pro wrestling, we deep we we delve into the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, Mark, thank, thank you for, I mean, I was starting to feel for a minute that maybe I'm just, you know, maybe my moral standards are just really, really low here, but no, it's, it, it, you're right. It's, it's the nature of the entertainment. I mean, it, to, to the point of it, it aired on the East coast and that was the first time the Fox people were seeing it and they pulled it from the West coast feed. They threw a commercial in just before the, the, the urine toss happened. So wait a second. Is, wow. Wait, I, I didn't know that. So that's yeah. true. So the West, they cut it out at a West coast feed. They yeah. did. Wow. They did. So that I mean so that kind of you know that gives that gives um, breaking news. Yeah. Well it's not breaking you know, that, breaking news to me, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you know, so but but just to the report of what of what Dave of what Meltzer's saying, and that you know it backs up there that the, the Fox pulled it in. But you know, like Mark is saying, I mean, had they never watched <laughs> anything prior? I mean, I understand that, you know, and, and all the hype and all of the billion dollar deal hype uh, that we talked about leading up to SmackDown moving to Fridays on Fox. You know, we, we, we heard and kind of somewhat, pres- you know, assumed that Fox wanted a more sports oriented, you know, getting a little bit more on the wins and losses, a little bit different presentation than maybe what Raw had been. And, and, and maybe in some ways we've gotten that in, in, in little pieces if you analyze. Uh, but this, I guess this is the first time since October, I guess WWE really just uh, went back to that. As Mark said, that, that low brow in the gutter. <laughs> uh, receipt even. Yeah. I mean, it happens, but you know what? But Mark and Justin, this is this is really interesting. This is an interesting story to me because what did Fox expect that they were getting? Because this is a network that had married with children. This is a network that has you know the Simpsons. So I mean, you know, a, a splash of urine in the face, you know, isn't really a lot compared to some of the stuff that we've seen on their shows in the past. But at the same time, Justin, it sounds like hey, they're looking at. SmackDown as a part of their Fox Sports family, yes. so not not necessarily their entertainment family. So I think that's probably where the divide is, Justin. And, and you hit the nail on the head, Dave. That's 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 my thought too. And I and I don't know for sure. That's something to, certainly to try to look into. But I, I'm sure that. Uh, but I guess that the executives that are probably overseeing and keeping tabs with the program with Vince, maybe Bruce Pritchard are the ones who oversee the category of their sports program. It's not the same people that do um, look at, you know, you said the Simpsons and, and, and some of the, uh, the traditional entertainment scripted programming. So, uh, and, and, and maybe that's something that Fox will find as they are locked in for this deal for, I think was it five years, I think yeah. uh, maybe that's something that Fox will find. Well, you know what, maybe, maybe our sports execs don't, shouldn't be overseeing the standards and practices guidelines of, of this. Maybe we need to give it to the, the more entertainment base. I don't know I, that, that, you know, but that's something certainly to watch here as we are you know, still in year one uh, of this long-term relationship. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And it's week one of our relationship with Justin Labar. Mark, I thought Justin did an awesome job today. What do you think? Hell of a job. <laughs> the quote Pat Patterson. It was awesome. Hanging from the rafters. They go banana. <laughs> hey, 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 Mark, do you, Mark, do you think Fox's standards and practices would have been okay with sexual chocolate? Hell no. <laughs> and the WWE barely was able to get sexual chocolate on TV. <laughs> <laughs> sexual chocolate would get him kicked off, man. They made a chocolate sundae out of me before. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, it's too oh, much. Oh my gosh. Well, Justin, thank you so much. I I don't know if you have any uh any any uh Father Day memories when it comes to pro wrestling cuz that seems to oh, be yeah, the theme is- for today's show. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, none really with my dad, my, my, a great dad, but he, he wrestling, he, he would come to a wrestling event maybe if they were serving beer, you know, but now he, he wasn't real big in wrestling. <laughs> I will say though, I will say the first time that I had a big, uh, it's not a father's day, but it's the best memory I have with my dad relating to wrestling is that, um, the first, the first big match that I got to work with when working on the independent scene in 2011, it was, it was, it was the, 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 the payoff and it was on eye pay-per-view to like a year long storyline with pro wrestling Ohio was me managing Kevin Nash in a main event match. And on the other side of the ring was a guy named Brody Lee. And I got my mom and my dad and, and now my wife and they all came out, flew to Cleveland. They had front row. And and, and, and like my dad actually like gave me like a, wow, like I'm pretty, like, this is pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of you. And like, he never really, never really got in or understood or appreciated the, the art that is pro wrestling. So uh, when he said that, that was a huge, like a big moment to me, but now nah, nothing with my dad. I will say my daughter, my five-year-old daughter. That was good. Yeah. That's yeah, actually but, a really good memory. Justin. Yeah. yeah that, you know, it, that's, that's, it was pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, it was in August. So it wasn't father's day, but it's a it, that's a good bonding memory that I have there that he came out to Cleveland and, and took time off to come out on a Sunday and watch this thing. And, uh, but how, my, how old is your daughter? My, my daughter's five. Uh, and she does like to, uh, uh, she does like to saddle up and watch a little wrestling uh, from time to time with me. She actually, I, there is a LaGreca head somewhere in the studio and she always makes note of, of Dave, the head, as she comes into this, in this room of the studio. So, uh, I she, see you got a lot of memorabilia back there. What, what's the, what's the thing you're the most proud of? Oh, uh, you know, I have a, uh, I do have an old, the, 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 I have a world title belt, the title belt they switched to. Ray to Stone Cold beat uh, Sean at Mania 14, and that was the last of the Wing Eagles. The Wings. Well, they had the Wing one, and they did away with that, and they moved to the new bigger one, the one that Steve hated because it actually cut him uh, when he tried to do a stunner. I, I have that in another room signed by Kurt Angle, so that's pretty nice. Um, I actually have a WrestleMania 36 chair when nobody could go to WrestleMania 36. Uh, unused. Wow, not used. I have a raw, you know, uh, 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 my, my guys, uh, ticket, ticket drew and, and Stat boy, Jeff, we all went to the, the raw in the Manhattan center, uh, uh, in 2018. I have that chair over here, which I love that. Cause I never thought in my lifetime, I get to watch a raw for the Manhattan center. So to be third row watching that, that was a huge, you know, to see the undertaker come out in the Manhattan center. I mean, you, yeah, God, that's cool. Was, that's cool. So di- different, different, different chairs and memories like that. Well, the next time you do this segment, Justin, if you could find the LaGreca head and put it up there on display, that would be nice. You know, represent. There we go. There he is. There we go. I'm, I miss seeing that, Justin, with no fans. I miss seeing the LaGreca head on these shows, Justin. I think that, you know, we saw in like Korea, they were doing baseball and they put a bunch of cardboard cutouts of fans to have baseball. I think that we should do a whole bunch of Dave cutouts and just fill, fill the PC with it. We're, we're, we're ready to go, right? I mean, I'm trying to get on Cody's good side. So we got Scott in Long Island made a special Cody Rhodes busted open head. So, you know, Cody, if you're if you're listening, we got a, a Cody Rhodes head on display for today's show. Though he banned me from AEW, Justin. Maybe you can help me with that. Maybe you could get that ban lifted. You have that. You have stroke. You have power. I'll, I'll see what I can do with Cody. I will say, though, in AEW, uh, I know that Dr. Britt Baker, I was just talking to her yesterday, she said she loves you. She is a huge LaGreca mark. So. Yeah, well, she's trying to get the band lifted. Hasn't happened yet. But, you know, maybe <laughs> the two of you working together, that would be good for me. Justin, I will awesome be your, first. I will be your, I'll be your advocate. Please. I mean, he did Scott Hall, now Dave LaGreca. It's a bit of a drop-off, but, you know, there you go. Justin, thank you so much. I thought this was awesome. Can't wait to talk to you next week. 
Absolutely. See you guys next week. Thank you very much. All right, you, Justin, Justin Labar, you know, in his first ever segment, Rumor Roundup here on Busted Open. Mark, I thought Justin was damn good. I thought he was good, and it didn't piss you off, didn't piss me off. I'm, I'm sure Bully is still hot. Listen, it's week one, Mark. I'm sure by week 11, we're going to hate the fucking guy. <laughs> 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 oh All right, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get we'll oh, get we'll get some reaction about Justin's first spot. Plus, we're sharing some memories about Father's Day. It's a Falls Count Anywhere Friday, so everything is on the table, Mark. Everything and anything that's on a Falls Count Anywhere Friday counts. The biggest names in the combat sports world are on MMA Tonight. Cody Garbrandt joins us. I got to the title fast under two years in the UFC. Won the world championship, trailblazed to the top. This time is going to be way more genuous, way more sacrifice. And I just said, are you prepared to throw it all in and erase the last few years and what happened and go from there? Once I had that hard part with myself and, and stopped really making excuses or just got back to the hard work, I mean, the simplest part of hard work pays off. Happy to be back. Excited to have those feelings back inside the octagon. Back to loving it and then just working hard for it. Tuesday through Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Someone who's given us a lot of memories over the years, over the decades, is The Undertaker. We were so pleased, Mark, uh, a few weeks ago to have The Undertaker here on our show, which was fantastic. Great interview with The Undertaker for the first time here on the 11-year history of Busted Open. And we're seeing the documentary being played out on the WWE Network on Sunday, Mark. Chapter 5, the final chapter of this Last Ride documentary series about The Undertaker. And it's the build-up to the match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania 36. And I'm wondering, Mark, if on Sunday we're going to find out if that was the last match for The Undertaker? Or is there one last match planned in, obviously, a first ballot Hall of Fame career? For the Undertaker, man, I, I'm I'm not I'm hoping that that's not the case because I still think that uh, from the day after WrestleMania, the first thing that was said was was Mick Foley saying, "Man, sign it up. I want to have a match with the Undertaker next year." I I, I wouldn't mind saying that. <laughs> let's 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 give Mick a chance. I want to see Mick and Undertaker next year at WrestleMania. If, if, all right, let's, a couple of things I want to look at in regards to what we're going to see on the last ride, Mark. If, if it is The Undertaker's last match, is that the, is that the way to go out like what we saw at WrestleMania 36? You know, I, I'd like to see him in front of a crowd. Okay. I loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. But I, I, I need to see him get the respect on the way out from the fans. That's just my opinion. You know what, Mark? I, I'm in agreement with you. Like, if you're, if you're going to have a career like The Undertaker has, and listen, you know, one of the highlights from WrestleMania 36 was definitely that um, Boneyard match with AJ Styles. But if you're going to have that one last match for The Undertaker, it needs to be in front of a crowd. You need to have that WrestleMania entrance, that long entrance that just that, that gives you chills and goosebumps. You need to have that. So 
if there's going to be one last match for The Undertaker, I agree with you, Mark. It needs to be in front of a crowd. Yeah, I think that that would be the thing that would make people feel like, you know what, I, I, I'm at peace with it. If he leaves and, 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 and this is it, I think that people will go, damn, man, I didn't really get to really honor him and celebrate him and stand up and clap for him on his way out. I think that people will feel like they missed something. And I think justifiably so. I feel like I would miss something. And I want to be there. Dave, I want to be there. Yeah. I mean, it's very selfish. Yes, it's selfish. But I want to stand there and clap and cry and honor my guy on the way out. Yeah, and I can see that, Mark, like his final match, like, you know, Michelle McCool being at ringside, like Hall of Famers, like yourself being at ringside, maybe some victims of the WrestleMania streak at ringside. Like, you know, I I think The Undertaker deserves that. And I think The Undertaker deserves a standing ovation from 70,000 fans, too. When When that can happen, Mark, who knows? I mean... This this virus is kicking our asses, man. I mean, you know, like... Can you imagine that, though, Dave? All the living um, people that were involved in the streak coming out, like, with swords and just holding them across and him walking through the swords. Wow. Of all... Man, like, it's got to be pageantry. It's got to be something like that. You, you got to honor and respect and have a lasting memory of him exiting it came i mean i I love it no disrespect to wrestlemania because you know how i feel about wrestlemania but and and i don't know man am i am i coming off as selfish because i want to be there and i want i mean i'm making it about me no because i think the fans are probably thinking the same thing too mark I think if you build, and let's just use WrestleMania as an example. It doesn't necessarily have to be WrestleMania, but let's just say, and boy, I, I hope and I pray that by the time WrestleMania 37 comes around, you know, in L.A., that, you know, we're going to be able to um, be able to attend WrestleMania and be a part of WrestleMania. You know, I hope and pray that that's, that's a possibility. I think fans want to see that last match. That's yeah. all you have. You know what? To me, that sells WrestleMania 37. Undertaker's last ride. Undertaker's last match. The final time you'll ever be able to see The Undertaker. To me, I don't care what other matches are on that WrestleMania card. To me, that enough sells WrestleMania. And I know that I would want to be there to be able to be in person. Like, we're talking about Father's Day memories. That's something I would want my daughter to, to see. To me and my daughter together seeing Undertaker's last match. I know there are dads that want to bring their sons, sons that want to bring their fathers, like for that, because all the memories that that man has given us, that character has given us throughout the years, I'm sure everybody would want to be a part of that last match. You know what, Dave? I would even go so far as to say that the Undertaker's last match, they should allow as many guys that he wrestled. <laughs> to stand on opposite sides of the exit ramp from from the ring all the way up to the ring, up to the gorilla position. 
let guys stand there and salute him. I mean, however you want to do it. You want to do a military salute. You want to do a hand over your heart. Um, give him a thumbs up. Like, whatever. I mean, I'm not talking about just WWE talent. I'm talking about wrestling talent that got to be in the ring with the tech, with, with the Undertaker. To allow everyone the opportunity. And if you had guys from ROH or Impact or New Japan, AEW, MLW, you name a company and you allowed them to come and pay homage, that would not hurt your company. It wouldn't hurt your company. It's the same thing that I said about uh, unifying wrestling right now uh, with, for the Black Lives Matter. All companies should be able to stand together in solidarity. Black, white, every ethnicity on this planet. That's the way I feel. I think that we should all be able to celebrate The Undertaker. And I think that we all should be able to stand together in solidarity uh, as wrestlers and wrestling fans for what's going on in the world today because we want things to be right. We want people to, um, to love each other and uh, respect each other and there's no other way than to speak up for your brother, regardless of what color they are. And I think that that's what's needed. And to take it back to wrestling, which I always do, is I think that that solidarity of wrestling would work for The Undertaker. It, he belongs to all of us. Like, I mean, I told you, he's right in the middle on Mount Rushmore. Right in the middle. He's the bridge between both sides. Well, I agree with you that he needs that kind of send-off. I think he needs that one last match where he can have that send-off that he deserves. I agree with you in the fact that he is, without a doubt, the greatest character in the history of professional wrestling. And if you put all that on top of one another, Mark... If you have that last match and you have the victims of his streak lined up, giving him that final bow as he goes to the ring for his final match, when you have a ringside full of the legends acknowledging him as one of the legends, as he says goodbye to the world of pro wrestling, as we said in our interview, you know, he's the last thread of the pro wrestling that we grew up with, the age of kayfabe, and you know, and now he's finally letting his guard down to do this documentary. I now ask you the final question in this puzzle that would be who is, the final who, match. Who, who, who would it be? Yep, who would it be? Who would it be? Because you really have to think it out. I got, a, I got an idea. I think there should be a tournament to see who would be the guy. The guy shouldn't be chose by just saying, oh, we're going to have um, Roman Reigns have a match with Taker. No, it should be we're going to have a 16-person tournament that leads to who's going to be the one at WrestleMania and make it mean something. 
You know, I mean, think of all the matches that we could have. I'd come out of retirement and have my last match. I've, I've, I still haven't had my last match. I'd come out and have a match with somebody to be able to take a chance at being the taker's last opponent. And I guarantee you there'll be Mick Foley. I mean, I, shit, I can, we can sit here and name 20 guys that'll do it. So, I mean, it, that, that's, you know, that's a given. That's easy. Let it, let so, it, let a tournament prove it. So, a tournament full of current and former legends vying for to be a part of the final match of the Undertaker, maybe even at WrestleMania 37. Yeah, yeah. How cool would that be? That would actually you, be really just, cool. Just to say, I was a part of it, and and it's that gift that keeps on giving. The Undertaker is on his way out, still giving life. That's crazy, man. It's Absolutely it's a nuts. it's a good it's a great idea. You know why, Mark? It's a great idea because I really don't have an answer of who that wrestler should be. Me neither. I really don't like. Do I want to see Sting and Undertaker? Yes, I, you know it's it's one match that hasn't happened. The entrances would be phenomenal. Put um, him in the tournament. Yeah, because but the Sting like. There's a match that I haven't seen. The fan, do you want a fantasy book Undertaker's final match? Should it be in a, against an opponent that you know he's never faced? That is already in the Hall of Fame, and from all intents and purposes, career is over. Or should it be a younger talent that would get the push to the moon by being in the final match against the Undertaker? Should it be a character that's similar? To the Undertaker, should it be a match that we saw before with the Undertaker, where there's still like a story to be told? You know, should it be somebody like Brock Lesnar who ended the Undertaker's undefeated streak at put WrestleMania? Him in the tournament. You know what? Take all the ideas, put it in a tournament to see who would face the Undertaker in their final match. Let's possibly. fast forward. Let's fast okay. forward through the tournament. Okay. Say 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 Sting and Adam Cole are the last two. How awesome would that be? And you can do that with 16, 20 other guys. Just think of the options, the, the possibilities, the matchups to get the opportunity to be in the ring at the end. Say Adam Cole wins. He beats Sting. People are pissed. And he Undertaker's having that match with Adam Cole. And it looks like Adam Cole is going to do something and possibly ruin the Undertaker winning his last match. And Sting shows up. Distracts him. Adam Cole gets spiked. And then Sting comes in the ring and he gives Adam Cole his finish too. And Sting is able to pay homage to the take to the Undertaker. That's that's wrestling. We yep. tell stories. Allow the story to be told. That's what the Undertaker said. And if you don't have goosebumps from what I just said, you are dead inside. <laughs> dead. That is it's like you tell the stories. That's what a tournament will allow to happen. And it will be good TV for all of us. <laughs> and I, I agree. I, 
I'm, I'm fired up, man. I, we'll I find out. Maybe we'll find out some answers. The final chapter, The Undertaker's Last Ride. Will we get an answer? Did Have we seen the last of The Undertaker? Not even in the ring. I mean, if you look at it, the Boneyard match was hardly a quote-unquote match. Or is there one more left in him? Judging from what we heard last chapter, last Sunday, it seemed like he's done. We'll find out. Maybe we'll get some answers on Sunday. This week on World of Basketball, Kelly Olynyk and Kevin Pangos Two former Gonzaga stars joined our show, and Kelly spoke about his love of playing for the Canadian national team. You know, it's an amazing feeling. It's something that I take a lot of pride in. Um, you know, playing for your country, representing your country, and uh, you know, Canada's done a, you know a lot for me. So has the United States. You know, giving you opportunities to to do a lot of things in your life. Um, you know, giving you the opportunity to live a great life. And so it's for me, it's kind of a way to give back to my country. New episodes of World of Basketball are available every Thursday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Not only can you hear Mark Henry on Busted Open, but you can also see him from time to time on Backstage, WWE Backstage. I think a very good... I think a very good episode this past Tuesday with Bret Hart. Some interesting comments, too, Mark, yeah. from Bret Hart on backstage. Wow, man. You know what? The, the biggest one was he, he said that if he wished that he could have done it differently. And if he had, he would not have left the WWE and went to WCW. And think about all the people that, you know, after Bret left all the people that came in imagine him still wrestling all of those guys and you know help bringing those guys along like it, it would have been unbelievable um i thought another thing that was pretty impactful was the fact that he felt like he was set up to fail like the the guys that were the powers that be he said hogan was basically uh, making all the decisions, and he made the decisions that benefited his friends rather than doing what was good for business. And I was like, wow. So, I mean, it, it didn't paint a pretty picture of, the, of Hogan and his regime. It's, it's interesting because reading Bret Hart's book, he praises Hogan because he talked about, you know, when you're on the card with Hulk Hogan, you definitely made more money than without Hogan on the card. And I've always said that. I've never been a big Hulk Hogan fan, but I will say this, that he did know how to generate a crowd. And I think he is, you know, one of the biggest stars in the history of pro wrestling. When you look at WCW with Bret Hart, I mean, first of all, nothing seemed to go right. They waited too long to put Bret Hart on TV. I mean, Bret Hart was, you know, so hot and fresh off the Montreal screw job that people wanted to see Bret Hart. And then to see Bret Hart as part of that Starcade match with Sting and Hogan, it just didn't go. Um, that match was a flop. Uh, the, the build was fantastic for that Starcade match with Sting and Hogan, but I thought the ending was wonky. I thought Hogan got way too much offense in that match with Sting because it should have been all about Sting kicking Hulk Hogan's ass, but, um, and then, you know, obviously with Goldberg and, and Bret Hart's been vocal lately about Goldberg and how, you know, he didn't think that Goldberg was really safe in the ring caused, you know, uh, Bret that concussion and, and Bret Hart's uh, career ending, 
yeah, Bret Hart went from such a you know such an amazing Hall of Fame career in the WWF and didn't have that same career in WCW, Mark. And but you can't really blame Bret Hart for leaving the contract that he had with the WWF, that lifetime contract. You know, Vince McMahon wanted to change that contract, and WCW was throwing a lot of money at. Uh, Eric Bischoff and the WCW was throwing so much money at Bret Hart. Hard to say no. So obviously I'm sure he would have changed it because not a lot of good in Bret Hart's WCW career, Mark. And, and he didn't get respected and revered over there. Like he didn't get the – he he said he mentioned, uh, I had a lot to offer. Like not just for me, but just my knowledge uh, and understanding of what the business required and what I could do to help make people better. And they didn't allow me to do that. It was like I was set up to fail. Wow. I mean, and strong words. That's that's heavy. That's really yeah, heavy. That is definitely heavy. Um, yeah, backstage, they give you nuggets, man. You've been awesome on backstage, by the way, Mark. Yes, thank you very much, Dave. I will be on on this Tuesday as well. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Make sure you tune in to WWE Backstage on FS1 Tuesday night. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.